I've got a hunger Twisting my stomach into knots That my tongue is tied off My brain's repeating Welcome to We Have the Facts, one novice's guide to all things Death Cab for Cutie and one veteran's reflection on over 20 years of history. I'm your novice, Ali Abdulatif, and with me as always is my co-host and Death Cab expert, Justin Tachi. How's it going, guys? Hey, we're back! Episode 2! Welcome back, Death Cab fans and Nonsense fans. <laughs> we're just calling them Nonsense fans now? <laughs> Why don't we call it Death Cab fans and the Nonsense? Well, that's our fans now. <laughs> so how's it going, Justin? Uh, it was kind of shitty this morning, not gonna lie. We're recording, uh, this is, uh, Saturday, uh, May 19th. Um... This would be too much behind the curtain. They don't need to know the dates. <laughs> I mean, they do need to know the dates because I'm about to bring up a story of how I tried to get Nine Inch Nails tickets. All right, all right. Let's talk <laughs> and about how, st- how it was a failed journey. <laughs> all right. So, let's the opening sequence. <laughs> Justin's failed journey <laughs> to Nine Inch Nails tickets. All right. As some Give of us you the might, setting. <laughs> as some of you may know, Trent Reznor wanted to, to uh, sell tickets on an only in-person basis at the box office, uh, most of the tickets went on sale for most venues at on May 19th, which is today. Um, and I tried to go. It said that lines would go uh, would start at uh, 8 a.m. at the Wang Theater in Boston. And uh, I got there at 8.05, and there was at least 3,000 people in line. <laughs> it's just, uh, a little bit behind the, behind the scenes for myself. Um, I don't wait in lines for anything. Ali is very much a, a line waiter. I am a line waiter. So I literally looked at the line and then turned back and got back on the tee and headed back to back home. Yes, well, yeah. I like that story, but, like, I feel like you could say it more dramatically. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. All right. So, I got in the lift. No, okay, <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. We're doing this, we're doing this. <laughs> It was a strangely cold spring morning in Boston. <laughs> my lift arrives. I solemnly walk in. That my morning come. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. This is dumb. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> morning kind of was bummer because I did not get tickets because I, if I waited in that line, I was lucky to get a ticket, if at all, and probably a shitty ticket at that. So uh, that was my morning. <laughs> so you refused the line. And yeah. now you're not going to get to see Trent Reznor whine about the internet. I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, I think it's pretty cool what he's trying to do. I think um, he's trying to keep uh, tickets in the hands of uh, scalpers. Out of the hands of scalpers. Out, out of the hands of scalpers, sorry. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think you could agree with that. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I like the the idea. I didn't like the statement he put out with it. Very yeah, whiny. the statement was very, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to describe it with an onomatopoeia, yeah. yeah. I'm Trent Reznor, and I don't like millennials. <laughs> so, um, especially when he was trying to uh, promote the record uh, that's coming out, he was saying that uh, this record's meant to be listened with your headphones and your phone fucking off. <laughs> Which, like, here's the deal, kind of appreciate that, but I think it's still pretty, like, meh. <laughs> uh, so, that was my morning. <laughs> Anything else going on, Ali? No. Well, okay, here's one thing. I recently discovered something that everyone seems to have left out, which is Ben Gibbard was married to Zoe Deschanel. Why is no one talking about this? 
literally he wrote a whole record about it. We've all talked about it. It's a whole thing. I have not known this because I jokingly brought up that Zoe Deschanel would be great, a great guest on this podcast. And one of her roommates oh. was like, because she was married to him. And I was like, that would be a very bad guest. <laughs> nope, we're getting it done. We're having Zoe Deschanel on the podcast. Which, by the way, um, speaking of Zoe Deschanel, just watched the new girl finale. Not good. No? No. I, I, I've not watched that show, but I, I can believe that. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that you'd hate New Girl. I liked New Girl, and just the finale was just, uh, not good. Oh, boy. Was Ben uh, Gibbard in it? <laughs> of course. <laughs> they, they ended with uh, Sound of Settling <laughs> as they drove off into the sunset, clearly. Fun, fun. <laughs> Prince was on that show. Prince was on that show. That was an awesome episode. <laughs> I, I don't know the show, but I think it's insane. And you was like, Prince, you want to be on our show? And Prince is like, all right, why not? <laughs> I mean, I feel like Prince is a pretty cool guy. And he's like gotten to the point where he's like, he's a, he, well, I mean, obviously he's dead now, but before that. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, just, just shockers left and right here. Breaking <laughs> news. So, but I feel like you could be like, hey, Prince, I want you on this thing. Maybe we could ask, ask Prince at the time if you want to be on the podcast. Well, great. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> Doing visual bits on an audio podcast, great. <laughs> For those of you that couldn't see that, Ali kissed his fingers and then raised them to the sky. <laughs> those of you, are we just talking to my dog now? Because he's the only audience member that can watch us. Yeah. Well, Homer, uh, I don't even think he's watching. I think he's uh, sleeping. Yeah, we're just interrupting nap time at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's like, can those guys shut up, fucking shut up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to cut into it? <laughs> All right, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, all right, so something about airplanes. This is episode two. Uh, just taking a deep dive into the songs, track by track. Uh, so here's here's my thing. The name of the album. Every time I say it, I feel like I forgot the name of the album. I'm going, something about airplanes. Here's the deal. I feel like you'd appreciate that though. <laughs> like, I don't know if I love it or hate it. I think you're like I think you're both right now. But the songs are not about airplanes. <laughs> Why would he lie to me like that? It's indie, man. It's <laughs> dumb. Maybe it's something about emotions. Oh, God. Just shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, so what were your initial impressions about the record? What did you, you think? Okay, so I feel like the so this is their first album. First this is their album. first studio album. Yeah. Uh, it was released by Barsuck. It's the point of recording the record. They have... Uh, obviously Ben Gibbard, um, Nathan Good did drums, uh, and then Nick Harmer did bass as he's done still presently. And Chris Wallace was obviously on the record as well. So, and he also did all the production. That's the era of Death Cap we're talking about. Um, so anyway, so what were your thoughts? Yeah. So I think, uh, this record took a lot of what worked in the demo, use that to let go of a lot of the things I didn't think worked in the demo. So I liked it a lot more than the demo. Um, there's a lot on here that I'm like, oh, this can be worked on. This is like, feels a little bit unfinished, but, uh, I enjoyed the record for the most part. Don't have amazingly strong opinions about it, but I don't dislike it as much as it's just like the demo. So you can say that like, as you're listening to discography, your appreciation for them is kind of going up. I think my appreciation for some things they do has gone up. And I think a lot of what they suck at, they still suck at. 
Okay. Um, I think that this record um, kind of pulls together, like you said, the good parts about the demo. Um, it adds, I think, the uh, having other band members recording finally adds a little bit of uh, decision-making to it rather than just kind of Ben doing it himself. Yeah, that's definitely something I noticed where the music feels a little bit more complicated. I think it sounds a little bit more like collaborative. Yeah. Exactly. So um, uh, I think that this record was kind of capitalizing on the popularity of the demo, so mm-hmm. therefore they still had to throw on a bunch of the tracks. I did like some of the remasters, and then we'll get onto that. I mean, not remasters, but like redoing the tracks and the rearrangements. Um, I think that we'll obviously dive into that when we go track by track. But um, yeah, I mean, all in all, I think this record... Uh, as a debut studio album, I think is pretty solid. I don't think that it's... I think they definitely have a long way to go. Um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> they do <laughs> They do, do that. But um, the problem is... Uh, I mean, like, I think Ben said it in interviews before. That they were, they're a band that uh, Death Cab wouldn't exist well today because they made a lot of mistakes. They were trying a lot of things in the early part of their career. So, um, and since pretty much everyone's a little bit more instant gratification now, maybe they probably wouldn't have had as long of a career that they have now. So, fair enough. Um, I think that making the mistakes in basement shows rather than making them on the internet, I mean, realistically, if you listen to a song on the internet and it kind of sucks, you're never probably going to go back to that band. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the band's touring and opening for bands that you like, mm-hmm. then you're more likely to go back and be like, oh, let me give this another shot. That's fair. So, all right, I guess uh, at this point we should probably just dive into the tracks. All right, track one, Bent to Squares. So thoughts? Okay, so I think this is like a decent song to open the the, the album. I think it kind of has a lot of the same feelings that a lot of the songs later on have. It's a little bit slower, but I was kind of into it. And the album also ends slow, which I kind of like as well. My whole thing is I don't get what this song is about, and I don't seem to care about it in any way. Like there's other songs in this that I have like strong feelings either either love or, or dislike, but I just kind of don't get where this song's coming from. It also has a weird false ending halfway through it where it kind of feels like it ends and then it comes back around and continues for another minute. Um, I mean, so this track, uh, Ben Desquires, I think is obviously the first track that they throw strings on, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But they have a nice string arrangement onto it. Um, kind of agree with you. I mean, I feel like until we get to We Have the Facts uh, and we're voting yes, uh, self-titled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, Anyway, I think before we get to that, I think most of the lyrics are pretty, and even on We Have the Facts, are pretty literal and are a little vague. So I think I kind of agree with you that maybe this song doesn't necessarily paint as as well, uh, as great of a picture as Ben Gibbard will do later on mm-hmm. like Transatlanticism, Plans, Narrow Stairs, and the later records, um, and even Photo Album. But 
I still like the fa- the fact that they started with this record. I think it's a slow burner, which kind of gives you a kind of a picture of what the whole records the uh, something about airplanes is about. Because I think it pretty much encompasses in one song, from the first first second of the song to the last second, what the record will be like. Yeah. So I I think it's a strong opening. That that's fair. Yeah. No, it's a good opening. I don't necessarily get the song itself very well, but I, I like it. I enjoy it. It's not a bad song. Okay. Um, I think we should move on to uh, the second track, which is President of What. Again, this song is from... The, so this is the first song that's a repeat from the demo. Yep. And it's actually the first track on the demo. It's the first track on the demo. It's the second track on this album. And I, I still very much really enjoy this song. Do you like that? It's a little cleaned up now? It, it's a lot cleaned up. And it just sounds better. And I, the song remains a, a strong song, I think. Yeah, I think it's still like a nice bopper of a song. I also like that they added in the in the beginning like a little uh, continuation from the Bend to Squares to mm-hmm. the track. Yeah. Because otherwise, then I feel like it would be too abrupt. That's like fair. kind of how the demo starts, where mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, it's a good starting song, but because you started with Bend to Squares, you kind of have to transition into it. Yeah. So I think that's like them, I, I think, collaboratively thinking about the start of uh, Death Gap for Cutie really trying to transition songs rather than just bam song, bam song, bam song. Yeah. I, I, I still like this song, and I this is one of the songs that I, I think I enjoy most on here so far. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, like I said, nice cleaned up. Uh, a track from the demo, I think it's still very strong, so. Also, president of what, man? <laughs> I mean, let's stop and talk politics right now. What about uh, this We're president? not talking about, we're not talking about politics. Because clearly you're a Trumper. I mean, here's, here's what I think. I think we should set this podcast in the fictional universe where Clinton became president. So I just want to, throughout this podcast, we just complain about... I mean, about, to be fair, this record came out when Clinton was president. So I want to just complain about <laughs> President Clinton. <laughs> and in this universe, guys, in the We Have the Facts universe, Clinton won, Trump lost, and we all complain about Clinton all the time. Oh, I was talking about Bill Clinton. <laughs> Are we not going back? No, we're not going back. We're okay, going back. oh, so we're going... <laughs> we're in a fictional universe okay, where Hillary so, Clinton won. So we're just living in denial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what I've been doing for the past two years. I, everything is awesome. Uh, <laughs> anyway, fuck Trumpers, and uh, I guess we should go on to the next track, Champagne from a Paper Cup. We just lost all of our two Trump listeners, okay? Damn it. <laughs> so we're only at half a listener now. <laughs> oh, boy. We keep dwindling. <laughs> all right. Champagne from a Paper Cup.
actually the first and only Death Cab song that so far I've been singing to myself. I mean, as we were listening to the track, I saw you literally singing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I sang it in the shower the other day, I sang it at work the other day. It's the only Death Cab song so far that I've just been regularly listening or, or thinking about and singing to myself. To be fair, I feel like I, I think you really like Line of Best Fit from the demo, too. And I think that it's a little harder to sing. Yeah, you, you can't. So I, I do love Line of Best Fit, but yeah, that's not a song you can sing to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you can if you're actually listening to the track, but if you're just by yourself, Champagne for a Paper Cup is a really good jam. I mean, speaking from the demo, as as I'm going to say for most of these tracks, this is a track that was straight from the demo, um, nice and cleaned up. I think the vocals are a little bit more in the forefront, which makes it a little bit more of an easy listen. Um Still gives me those feelings of like, oh crap, that really bad night with a significant other. And just, uh, really, I think this is the first track that Ben gives, like, paints a picture very, um, in a very, uh, direct way. Alright, that, that's a fair assessment. Um, wanna move on to Your Bruise? Yeah. It's a backwards attraction. Um, so this song kind of grew on me a little bit. I was not a huge fan when I first listened to it, but the the more I listen to it, the, the more I'm, uh, I enjoy it. It's not necessarily one of my favorites on the album. It's not one of my least favorites. There, um, later in the song, it kind of gets catchier for me and it gets more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, it, I mean, it's definitely a slow burner of a track, I would say. Um, I think though, in comparison to like Ben to Squares, it's a little bit more direct with the lyrics. So you kind of know what's going on. So you kind of have more of a picture in your head of what what's going on and kind of then takes you through it, like carries you by the hand. Um, I also think this is like the first track that you get to hear a different drummer come up with the drums, mm-hmm. which I think sound really cool. Because yeah. like, I feel like, although uh, Ben's a very good multi-instrument uh, instrumentalist, um, on the demo, I mean, when you're playing everything, you kind of have to make everything fit. And if you're just in the one track mind, that it's a little hard to get a little crazy on one instrument compared to another. So I think uh, Ben's definitely more guitar-leaning. So I think it's really cool to hear a little bit more variety in the drumming. That's fair. I think the lyrics of this song are much more evocative. I do think it's... it's Comparing this song to Ben to Squares, which I think I was thinking about those two songs a lot while listening to this record, um, Your Bruise kind of works better for me in general. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think Your Bruise works a little bit better for me I mean, I do like the strings on Ben to Squares, but I also like that, um, you know, Nathan Good kind of rips on the drums a little bit, which kind of, you know, adds a little excitement to the track. All right. So, on to uh, Pictures in an oh, Exhibition. Boy. Which, uh, <laughs> okay, we <previous>. should. <laughs>
before I leave and speaks, <laughs> I just want to make it clear to the listeners that he flipped off the computer while listening to the song. So clearly, loves the track. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, the song has redeemed... Oh, God, no. No, I still very much hate this song. All you plastic people with plastic smiles and hearts. It's very, very dumb. The lyrics of the song is dumb. He, the, ha, 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 at the, in the middle of it, it's so, everything about this track does not work for me. And yet again, I disagree with you. I don't think it's a great track. I just think it's, I mean, my only complaint about the track is maybe it's a little repetitive. Um, could have been a little shorter. Uh, I think it's a fine little middle track. Um, maybe if it were like two minutes, I think it would be nice and easy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess, uh, you still stand by your statement that you hate it. Allow, allow me to retort. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they really cleaned up the song since the demo. And I was like, oh, maybe a cleaned up version will make me like it more. No, when I hear the words, I like it less. <laughs> Why? Because it's less lo-fi now, so now you can hear the actual lyrics. Yeah, and now I'm like, oh, it sucks even more. <laughs> he just wrote badly. <laughs> it's bad writing. It's bad musicianship or whatever. I don't. I'm not, I mean, not, I don't think it's bad musicianship. I don't know. This song just does not fit here. It doesn't work well for me. It, uh, well, guess what? It's on the next record too. Is it really? No, I'm fine. <laughs> Am I gonna have to listen to this song? And is it like Death Cab staple song? Yeah, it's this poppy piece of garbage. <laughs> yes, it's on every record. Also, why do they go like this? Feels very poppy compared to the rest of their stuff. I don't understand why they. It just doesn't work for me. I mean, like if if the, if this record were any, uh, for, I would say uh, if this record, um, if this song were a foreshadowing of any um, songs later on, I would say it's more of like a plans foreshadowing. I mean, they definitely clean up the sound a lot better. The vocals get a lot better. But, like, I would say it's something similar to, like, Crooked Teeth. Because Crooked Teeth is definitely a little poppy and fun. And it reminds me of kind of like a like a Beatles track. So, right, so I'll brace myself for that. I mean, I, you're going to like that song. Nope. Enough, <laughs> I do like the Beatles. So, um, you are not a Beatles guy. I am not a Beatles guy. I mean, I'm not not a Beatles Should guy. Should we pause right here to discuss your feelings about the Beatles? <laughs> we will. <laughs> Only care about Death Cab, skip whatever amount of time it is we're talking about the Beatles. You mean talking about Justin's feeling of the Beatles? Yes. Uh, I think overrated. I'm sorry. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's bands that were doing crazy things at the same time that don't get the credit that they deserve. I think you're saying I mean, that not that they don't get the credit. I mean, like, uh, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. I think they were doing stuff and making sounds coming out of guitars that no one was doing at the time. Meanwhile, like, it's just like, I mean, I can't really say much because Death Cab is definitely not a super innovative band by any means. But it's not like the Beatles were really innovating anything. They were just kind of putting together pop, good pop songs, which I get, and that's fine. But I don't understand why it's a generational thing. And also, for them being really shitty people, like John Lennon beating women, I don't understand why they get the praise that they get. Okay, first of all, we're going to 
ignore the John Lennon thing. Because <laughs> that opens a whole Pandora box about musicians and musicians' behaviors and whether we're allowed to enjoy their music or not, which is a completely different podcast that we might do an episode of soon. Yeah, we might do an episode. But, I think that would be a good one. Yeah, that would be interesting to talk about. I mean, not but, in a fun way, but like just a, I think it's an interesting topic that I think a lot of music listeners gripe with because it's like what happens when, it, when bad information comes out about your favorite artist. Yes, but we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, and John Lennon definitely included in that conversation. But when we're talking about the Be- the Beatles and their musical abilities, I think not only are you dead wrong, but you're just being like counterculture shitty about it. And I mean, I could sit here and we could just quick plug for Will Hines has a podcast called Fuck It, We'll Just Talk About the Beatles or something like that. Okay. And I think we could do that as well, but I'm not going to. He has that show. We have this show. <laughs> so I'll let him take control of that. I will let the internet tell you how wrong you are. I don't think I'm wrong. I think there's people that agree with me that it's just like, okay, yes, they are good musicians. They had good songs, but I, why? <laughs> like, why is it like that they have to be held to the highest regard? All right, let's just go from that high-energy <laughs> conversation to the low-energy song, The Sleep Spent. Just off the bat, it is a very sleepy song. <laughs> it's not a bad song, but I don't like it in the middle of this album. <laughs> it kind of slows everything down to not like in a good way where it's like, oh, now we're going to go into something slower and more thought-provoking. It's just like, and now if you want to turn off the album, this is a good pausing point. <laughs> I, uh, it's I, a good I, song, but I would have liked it somewhere where it fit a little bit better. And especially... It, like, it's during a lull period of the album for me. Like, I, I'm not a fan of pictures and exhibition. We'll get to my thoughts about the face that launched a thousand shits. But, like, right here is just not the right place for it. <laughs> I think that, um, I think it's a good song. I think it's a good slowdown track. I kind of agree with you that it could have been uh, used a little bit better. Maybe I would have put it after the face that launched a thousand shits. Yeah, it would have. Um, it would have been a good song to go before amputations. Yeah, exactly. I think that, and then lead into the explosive amputations, or even uh, maybe put it after amputations, leading into fake frowns. But um, just looking at the track singularly, maybe not in the album. I think it's a very good song. Yeah, I think it's a fun. I mean, I shouldn't no, say it's fun. It's not a fun song. <laughs> it's not a fun song. That's a wrong word. Uh, I think it's a, a nice, easy listening kind of in the background track. Yeah, it is very background track. And uh, I mean, we'll get to this at the very end, but I think in general, this album could have generally used some rearrangements in the track listing. Well, I think they were also dealing with like Barsuk trying to get them to put songs from the demo onto the record and kind of just like putting it together. Right. So, well... Um, Let's get into the face that launched a thousand shits.
space that launched a thousand ships. Thoughts. Okay, so originally, I got really excited when I was just looking at the track listing of songs. The, the face that sounds... Uh, ugh, the face that launched a thousand ships sounds like a great uh, song to me. Like, it sounds like my kind of music. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it would be right up your alley. Um, and then it's... Clearly, the, by the way you're talking, I assume it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's a play on the face that launched a thousand ships, which is a reference to Helen of Troy. Um... So, like, I got excited. It's, like, this weird, like, cool title. And, like, oh, this is going to be about, like, maybe you fell in love with a woman and, like, a thousand shitty things happened afterwards or something like that. Or I would even say that it's, like, I give a shit about it. So, therefore, it's, like, a thousand shits. I really cared about it. Yeah, and I was really That's excited. That's I take it. And then you listen to the lyrics of the song and they're nonsense. Yeah, I will give you that. I I think it's a cool premise. I think they kind of don't land it. Not only is it not... They don't go for it. They don't attempt anything lyrically that's, like, interesting or thought-provoking other than just the title. I think, to be fair, I think at this time in Death Cab's career, Ben is nervous and really still getting into his own about writing. Because later, as you'll see... The writing just kind of flows, and every line you can literally pick apart, and it's beautiful. So I think that at this point in the career, you can kind of see that, like, this could have been, uh, this song, like, later on in Death Cab's career would have been really cool. I think that it would have been really, like, um, I don't know if maybe they would have done it because of just the fact that it's kind of petty. Because I feel like a lot of these mm-hmm. tracks are based off of that anxious, uh, not anxious, angsty 20-year-old who's like, and just like kind of feels anger and frustration and sadness. But uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Doesn't doesn't land it. I think it's a fun-sounding song. No, it's a good sound. Sa- I like the sound of the song. And like, had they like rewrote lyrics and recorded it again, I would have been super about this. Yeah, it's just that so. it falls short. And I had like big expectations. So you get this this section like after your bruise where it's, Pictures and exhibition, the slow, sleepy spent, and then this song, and they kind of like break my enjoyment of the album a little bit. Okay. Uh, I guess maybe we should see if it uh, picks it up back up with you on uh, amputations. Yeah, sure. the song. I think it's, it's cleaner this time. It's a thousand times better for me. We probably are going to cut the beginning part of the song out, but I do like where they use that speech in the beginning. Yeah, I think it adds a little fun to the track. Like, it makes it sound, I don't know, just gives it something different. And as a person who doesn't like the middle part of the album, it sounds like we're restarting. <laughs> it sounds like, Ali, we know you were not paying attention anymore. We're going to start over again. Let's wake you up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start over again. Here's a quote, and we're going to get back into music. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, I think that this track, I mean, kind of like I said on the first episode, very much, it's a, it's a built to spill, uh, kind of track. It could be easily on keep, keep it like a secret. 
still awesome. Uh, I like the fact that the lyrics are a little bit more on the forefront and it's a little cleaned up. Um, yeah, I mean, good track. <laughs> yeah. So we should move on to uh, fake frowns. Fake frowns. <laughs> might seem like we played this song in the middle. That's actually the beginning of the song. And that's my one problem with this song, is that it sounds as if you started a song straight from the middle. I mean, I think they haven't perfected the start of a song yet at this point, honestly. It's either just real slow or just start. Yeah, it's it's really weird for me because I was jarred at the beginning. I was like, wait, this is not Amputations anymore. It just started in the middle, like as if we skipped into the middle of a song. But I think that they're kind of making up for the fact that the the middle part of the record was so slow that they're just trying to like force in some uh, inject some excitement which like and honestly in my opinion I think Fake Frowns is one of the more one of my favorite original tracks on the album it's it's a really good song but it, it starts right in the middle and it's very disorienting like he needed two notes to start off the song and I wouldn't be annoyed with it yeah i mean i think uh i mean actually i'm i'm probably just going to say it fake frowns is probably my favorite original track on the album. I don't think it's better than I Still Stand By Champagne From a Paper Cup would be my favorite song on Something About Airplanes. But Fake Frowns, um, the that fucking jam at the end is awesome. Like, that's the first time you really hear the collaborative band just fucking go for it. Yeah, I'll agree. If we're talking about originals from this album, which are Bent to Squares, Your Bruise, Sleep Spent, The Face That Launched a Thousand Shits, and fake frowns. It's definitely well, the best and one. also uh, one point that we probably should have brought up when we we're talking about the face that launched a thousand ships shits <laughs> um, is the fact that it's actually a cover. Well, technically not a cover because Chris Walla and Ben wrote this, uh, played the song in a band called the Revolutionary uh, Revolutionary of Hydra. Revolutionary Hydra, I believe. Okay, and um, they recorded that, and uh, they I guess they just wanted to pay homage to a past. Uh, project that they did together but yeah i mean i would have to say fake frowns best uh, original track from this album uh, in my opinion that's fair i'll give you that would you say for, for you or yeah I'd, I'd agree with that it's either your uh, fake frowns or your bruise with fake frowns i think being a better song and your bruise starting off like an actual song <laughs> Okay, they're both songs. <laughs> you can't say that. I understand. You can just say that it starts in a better way that you like. <laughs> it starts like music starts. You know how we're all familiar. You don't just randomly start playing in the middle of a song. You don't hit the 30 second skip every time you start music. Fuck you. <laughs> it's not like that you're listening to Mark Merritt's podcast where you jump halfway through. <laughs> First of all, Mark Marin's podcast is amazing. Yeah, but no one wants to hear him whine for 15 minutes up top. You kind of just skip the cat talk and go straight into the the interview. (laughs) Literal cat talk. Literal cat talk I I fast forward, but everything else I like. (laughs) I don't care about Boomer. I'm sorry. Boomer lives! (laughs) Last song on the the album, Line of Best Fit.
okay, so this song we actually played in the middle because it has an actual good intro, but it takes a while. But like that fade in from nothing, like we talked about last time, it is it's just a really, really beautiful way to start a, a song. It's a really good song. It's kind of slower. It's one of those slower songs on the album, but it works compar- very well. Now in comparison to the demo, do you like this one better or do you like the, the, the demo version better? I, they both work for me very well. I can do you like the either. fact that um, they had, uh, I believe her name was Abby Hall, that had her record yes. vocals with, with Ben, and I think that adds a lot of harmonies together that work. It does, it, and like it kind of goes with the the title line of best fit, and their their song, their singing, kind of fits very well. Exactly, I'm, I'm into well, it overall. Oh, look at you! Oh, <laughs> I just figured out an analogy to music thing. <laughs> look at you! You know what? Claps, golf claps all around. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think this this version of line of best fit is a lot better. I like the fact that they obviously cleaned up the track and. Adding a, a female vocal on it, I think, only works uh, to their advantage. Also, I mean, you'll see that later on in uh, Ben's career where he does um, the Postal Service and he recruits Jenny Lewis to uh, join him on a couple tracks of uh, Rilo Kiley and, of course, her solo work. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful track. I think it's it's one of the best songs in their early catalog, I would say. Yeah, overall, it's, it's it's an amazing song. It's like one of the few hands down good songs on this album that I will return to. Yeah. Now, if you had to rank your favorite song among demos, just just songs on something about airplanes, what's your favorite song? It's either "Line of Best Fit" or "Champagne from a Paper Cup." "Champagne from a Paper Cup" being the more uh, easy to listen to song. Uh, that's like. Like you can sing in the shower, kind of and, fits all moods. Yeah, say. and line of best fit being my like moody, I'm a sad boy type song. I mean, I I kind of have to agree with you. Um, that's probably what I would say. But I think champagne from paper cup. If I had to pick one, would be the one that I'd always go back to. Like I said before, if we're talking about tracks that are original to this album, um, I would say fake frowns is probably still my favorite. Fair enough. Yeah, I I, I like this album fine. I think rearranging it. Cutting some of the fat, looking at you, pictures in an exhibition. <laughs> you need a song that's on every record. And fixing up a few songs <laughs> that, like, I feel like hit the mark, like The Face That Launched a Thousand Shits and Fake Frowns, which doesn't sound like a real song in the beginning. Um, and fixing those two and, like, rearranging them a little bit so Sleep Spent isn't stuck in this weird lull in the middle, I think would really help this album out a lot and it'll come out the other side. I think that they have maybe, uh, as a band, I think at this point in their career, being the first studio record, they have perfected, maybe not perfected, but they've gotten good at writing music together. Mm-hmm. I think the lyrics still need a little bit of work, and I think the fact um, just album organizing still needs a little bit of work. That's if they, I think those two, lyric, lyrically they need to change it up a little bit, and... Um, and uh, uh, album organization needs to change. I think musically you can agree, though. Like, there's not, like, a bad instrument on this. No. No, there's not. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that was something about Airplanes, our take on it. Yeah. Um, you would say better than the demo, I would, I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more pro something about Airplanes than I was about the demo. Hearing this for the first time, like, this just came out in 1998. I listened to this song. 1998, I wasn't shot. I'm a youth, guys. I'm really young. So in 1998, <laughs> I was a child, and um, 
But having, if I heard the song in 1998 when it first came out, I think I'd be curious about this band. I'd definitely buy the next record and, and try to figure out what they're about. Okay. I wouldn't uh, necessarily be like, I'm a Death Cab kid already. But I would be like, eh, let's see what else they do. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm excited for what Ali has to say on the episode three which is uh, talking about our uh, essentially our self-titled of our uh, yeah, podcast here. We have the facts. If you didn't know, that's why we named the podcast this. So, uh, yeah. Oh, no, that's a super obscure reference. I'm sure none of the fans got it. Uh, I am flipping off Ali right now, just letting you know. Oh <laughs> letting our .5 listeners know. <laughs> <laughs> we probably should have called it, like, something about podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate you. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess uh, we should close out the show with the way that we like to, which is just plugging things that we, me and Ali have been either watching, ooh, ooh, listening to. Quick, quick, quick. I have uh, one more. <laughs> you can play this podcast with iTunes. All right, just just stop. <laughs> First of all, you won't be able to soon <laughs> when iTunes goes away. <laughs> what do you mean iTunes goes away? Uh, I'm pretty sure that they're uh, not allowing downloads anymore. I don't know if it's just going to be just like Apple Store or something like that. Oh, yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, anyway, like I said, we're going to close out the show like we like to do, uh, which is uh, plugging things that we've been watching, listening to, just really fucking anything. Uh, anything that in particular that you've been listening to or watching or something that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I want to talk about quickly, there is a uh, upcoming uh, small independent film that uh, we probably should support uh, that I'm excited to see. It's about like someone we all know, but like talking about their story and their origin. I'm talking about Solo, a Star Wars film. No, I'm just kidding. That's not, that's not a small event, but that movie will do just fine without us. I was, I was actually, you actually had me. I was like, what, what movie are we supporting? No, no I, I think we should support uh, RBG, which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg film. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to talk yeah. about. I was just being an ass. It just came out, and I think, like, you know, go to the theater, see it in the movies, like, support this kind of art. It's good. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, very important person. Uh, I mean, she's really the only person that's holding on to justice for us. <laughs> she's saying, God, I am not dying yet. Yeah. That poor woman just wants to retire. Nope. That's all she wants to do. Although in this fictional universe where uh, President Hillary Clinton could assign someone else. She's on a beach right now, just hanging out, <laughs> drinking Tecates, yeah. you know, just hanging out. In our fictional Hillary as president universe. Ruth Bader is already retired. It's great. She's having a delightful life, but that's not the case. Um, I guess, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about or anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, that's my plug for, for this one. What about you? Uh, I, I guess I kind of have two things to plug. Uh, All right. One show that I've been recently obsessed with and I'm trying to get Ali to watch it, which I don't, I think you haven't watched it mainly just because of time, um, on your hands, but, uh, Barry. It is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Hader's new show, Barry, on HBO. Um, I think uh, not. I think I actually just watched the season finale. It's eight episodes. They're thirty minutes long. It's nice, easy. I mean, there's some gruesome parts to it. It's all about uh, Bill Hader being a hitman who also takes acting classes and wants to become an actor. And it is, um, it does not hold back with the with the uh, with the violence in the show. And they don't try to make that funny, which is kind of cool to see because a lot of times 
uh, that a lot of shows and movies try to lighten up the brutality of murder and uh, violence with, uh, you know, some laughs. <laughs> so um, that's not really part of this, whereas the more funny parts of the show is just pure awkwardness and how bad of an actor that uh, Bill Hader really is. Um, or Bill character. No, Bill, Bill, Hader's character. Bill Hader's a character in the show. Uh, Bill Hader's talk, awesome in the show. Don't yes. talk shit about yeah, Bill I'm Hader. Not, I'm not trying to. I'm sorry, Bill Hader. That's not what I meant. We want him as a guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that podcast gold. Um, <laughs> hashtag podcast gold. Um, and then I guess uh, one thing that I'll plug. Um, not that he fucking needs it, as seen today on that line that I w- almost waited in. Um, the new Nine Inch Nails track came out, and it is awesome. <laughs> I think it's a really, really cool track, really um, dynamic, and reaches back to, like, the mid-90s um, while still having a really cool echo effect on the vocals. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's called God Break Down the Door. It's coming off of the uh, 2018 record that's coming out, or it's I think it's the third in the trilogy of EPs that they've been putting out. One additional plug, I guess, is for ourselves. Uh, if you go back into our feed, on Thursday we dropped a interview with musician Sprightly. Um, yeah, and that was a really awesome conversation, actually, guys. Yeah, you guys should, if you guys aren't subscribed, you probably didn't get the automatic download, go back, find that in your feed. It's a bonus episode. It's really cool, and we hope to do more interviews like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sprightly, actually, we... we... Um, I mean, you're probably going to hear more in that episode. It's actually really cool. Sprightly um, liked a couple things on the Instagram, which, by the way, the fa- at the Facts Pod, and also our Twitter at the Facts Pod. Um, please follow, um, like, write comments. Also, subscribe to our podcast. We're on all podcast platforms other than Spotify. Once we get five episodes, we'll be on there because that's apparently a Spotify rule. <laughs> also, like our stuff and comment, please. It really, really helps. It gets us more visibility and it makes us. It helps us being. Uh, it really helps us make this show and keep it going. Yeah, and that, and um, yeah, just it's just fun if we uh, have a little bit more of an audience and try to just uh, we want to engage with you guys and we want you to also hear your comments, maybe some feedback, and of course your hate mail. If you want to send us your hate mail or. Uh, your good vibes, please uh, email us at uh, wehavethefactspod at gmail.com. Like, but like I was talking about with Sprightly, uh, she liked a couple of our Instagram posts, and me and Ali actually listened to some of her tracks. I only listened to her at first cover of New York, New York, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, She has good vocals, and it's nice and stripped down. But Ali listened further and was like, holy shit, this is awesome, and then forced me to listen to it, and Holy shit, guys. You need to support this artist. She is awesome. Um, she's also a Death Cab fan, as yeah. uh, like we've discussed in the episode. Yeah, pretty much without any uh, spoilers or anything, go back, listen to that uh, interview Justin does with Sprightly. It's really good, and uh, we'll try to do more of those as we go on. So please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, I guess... Uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. How do you want to end the... We'll close with uh, God Break Down the Door. Perfect. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks.
Not the ones you came with